Welcome to the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell your story. Allegra Sinclair is here to help you become the powerful woman you are meant to be. It's finally time to get unstuck and reveal how fabulous you are. And it's time for your host, Allegra Sinclair. Hey, this is Allegra. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Kim Doyle. In part one, which you can find at AllegraSinclair.com slash 28, we were talking about how good intentions and dreams are not enough. You have to be confident enough to show up and do the work in order to build the life and the business that you really deserve to have. There was so much juicy stuff in that first episode about how we look at life, where you start. If you're just getting started on this path, where do you even begin? So I do encourage you to go back and take a look at that. But the second part of our conversation is really talking about how you actually start doing that work to make sure that you recognize that you have every right to matter in your own life and that it's your responsibility to decide how you want to show up. So I hope you'll enjoy this second part of the conversation. Please let me know what you think, either here on iTunes in the reviews or on the website at AllegraSinclair.com slash 29. So there was just so much good, juicy stuff in there. So one thing I think is, um, so I'm having a conversation with somebody who um, I'm really encouraging. I tell her all the time. And it's like, our, it's not really a hashtag, right? But I, every time I'm writing her an email, I like write the email and I'm like, okay, talk to you soon. And then I'm like, hashtag write the damn book. <laughs> I'm like, because her story, I absolutely believe, like my corpuscles know that her story will save someone's life. But part of her, um, so it's not easy to write a book, right? It takes time. It's like, well, I've never birthed a baby, but it's like being pregnant. I imagine because you agonize over it. You try to do the right thing for it. You know, it takes time and you know, you worry about it and all this stuff. And then when the, it's painful, right? To actually give birth to it. But I think part of her hesitation in monetizing something that feels personal to her is that it feels like a personal thing, like her personal thing, not like art even, but it just feels like something that should not be for sale. And I understand that. But here's the other part of that for me. If you allowing people to purchase some art that you have created enables you to pay for the other things in your life that matter and have the space to create more good stuff, I don't see how there can be a problem with that. Now, if you're creating crap or you're pretending to tell your story, but it's someone else's story or anything like duplicitous or slimy or inauthentic. Yeah. Why should anybody pay you for junk? But if what you have produced is good and worthy and valuable, there is nothing wrong with people showing you love for that. Right. I buy books all the time. And I don't feel like the author then owes me the rest of their life or like personal. J.D. Robb is never going to give me her phone number. So I call her and talk to her about why Rourke is so flipping hot in that On Death series. I'm still not mad when she releases a new book. I go and buy it. Right. And I feel happy. I'm happy to do that because she created something fabulous and I get to have a piece of it. So I'm not sure if the hesitation to be able to make a living off of stuff is rooted in the, well, I don't know if other people would see value in that because to us it's so easy. 
when you're talking about services, or if it's that men derive their self-esteem from their work and women have traditionally derived their self-esteem from relationships. So I don't know what that is rooted in, but I absolutely see and hear the whole, well, I couldn't sell that. And I'm like, why not? I'd buy it, (laughs) right? So I think it's baby steps and a little bit of confidence building because I don't think Oprah is at all apologetic about charging people to attend those conferences that she's running around um, well, I think it's probably over now. Yeah. That tour that she Live your recently, best life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not apologizing for um, putting on those shows. And there is commerce attached to that. Because like you said, with your scrapbooking store, there's overhead, right? So I volunteer a lot at UNC TV because I think it's a blast. I'm such an introvert. People are like, you? Because I'm passionate about the issue and I love watching it. And I know it costs money to run that TV station. And I love watching some of the programs. So if me going in, you know, every three months or so and spending five nights there laughing and playing, eating free food, meeting great people who become friends of mine in order to take pledges so that they can continue to provide TV, I'm not mad about that. So I think taking the kind of cloak off the whole magical thing about how money is made is helpful in our space. And I know when I was coming up, women didn't have those conversations. They didn't. And I've done a lot of work in my life about money. And I know it's, it's, I'm still doing the work. And here's a great story because so much of it comes down to, you know, if, if, if you're stuck in that space of, I, I don't know what to charge or people won't pay whatever, then first of all, and again, I feel like I'm getting a little woo woo, but if you're not willing to pay for something to get you to the next level, what makes you, that's who you're going to attract into your life are the people who are not who don't want to pay either. So let's just make that really clear. <laughs> it's kind of like the people who want to build their website for free that they want to drive people to to give them a ton of money. Right. But they wouldn't even spend any money on their website. It's it's just, and again, like I couldn't have opened a scrapbook store without money to invest. So why people think the internet's supposed to be free, whatever, you know, keep at it, go make your AdSense articles, do what you got to do. But the... The point, I listened to this great story. So my mentors, really, the dollars that they charge for a lot of the stuff they do, so many people would look at it and be like, oh, my God. However, is the value there? It is. So one of them told this story on a call they did, and I'll summarize it. But he was talking to a woman who was a therapist, and she, the space she was in was really, you know, well, you know, no one's going to. People in my industry only charge $80 an hour, which I don't know where she lives because that certainly isn't the rate in California, I don't think. Um, but, you know, they only charge eight. You're a scam. This is slimy. Da, 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 all this stuff. No one's going to pay me $5,000 to save a marriage. That Right. So, of course, the immediate thing in my head was, what does a divorce cost? But hello. But, but let's put that aside for a <laughs> right, second. Right. Right. And so so. Uh, Tony, you know, cause he's great at sales and it's really, and it takes practice to do this. You know, like I know for myself, I have no problem creating content and videos and podcasts and all that stuff. So in order to take myself to the next level in my business, it's like, what is the value I'm providing and how do I get that ROI for somebody? So it's, you have to learn how to have those conversations. You have to learn how to be that person that, that stands my mentor, another one, it's my therapist that I found when I lost my husband and just has become like my <laughs> all-encompassing life mentor too. She always has me do a stretch. Like, okay, well, why were you picking that price? And it's like, well, because it's easy. I know people pay it. She goes, why would you do easy? 
And you, it's like, okay, you're right. So what's a stretch that I can up that price to that, that feels good in my body, but it's like, eek, a little, little bit of a push. A little bit scary, right? A little bit scary, but it's still, I know that the value's there, right? So that's, that's part of it. Anyways, back to the therapist story. So she, you know, is telling him he's a charlatan and all this stuff. And he said, I hear your feedback and I appreciate it. Can I just ask you a few questions? And went about, you know, what, what does that do to your life when you come home to that house and you know that there's going to be conflict or negativity or verbal abuse or, you know, all these negative things? What does that do to you? Like, how does that impact your job? And then what does that look like with, um, even in your kids, what's the impact of children and stuff? And so he went on with all these kind of personal probing questions, not knowing they were going to actually be personal. And she burst into tears because that was her life for five years, not knowing it. And he's like, oh, God, first she's yelling at me and call me names. And now I've got her in tears. There's nothing that makes a man feel more powerless than a woman crying. Well, and he's such a good guy, right? And he's he's like, uh-oh. But her point was, and she said that. She said, I lived that for five years, and that was my life. She said, oh, my gosh. She said, I should be charging $25,000 for what I'm doing. So when you step back, and if you say, look, if 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 a $5,000 investment can save you a $50,000 divorce, because he positioned it, he said, all right, if you have a $2 million net worth, what's that going to cost you at the end of the marriage? She said a million dollars. Okay, so really $5,000? I mean, assuming that was your net worth. But truly, I have watched people that I know and love go through divorce. It is not cheap, even when you try to do it on the cheap. You know, even if you say to yourself, okay, we're not going to get lawyers, it's still going to cost you money. If there are children involved, it's still going to cost you a lot of money, right? So the point is... And the only, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the cost attached to divorce isn't only money. Right. So when you were talking about the cost of divorce and then when you started talking more and you were talking about dollars, I was like, oh, I didn't even think dollars. I was thinking, what does it cost you like emotionally, spiritually? I was thinking of all the other pieces. And then, yes, the actual dollars also. Well, my point was just that you don't want to if you have a hard time charging five thousand dollars to save a marriage, what's it going to cost them to dissolve it? And so I was just equating the money piece across the board. You know, and it's interesting that I look at let's flip it. So I don't know how much money I have spent with my therapist. It's been almost 12 years. I now, she moved out of the area. I drive three hours to go spend three hours with her. Mind you, she doesn't really practice. I get a deal right at this point. But the thing is, what that is such a piddly little teeny like drop in the bucket compared to the return I've gotten from investing in myself with her, meaning I can't begin to tell you what it's done for my business, what it's done for my relationship with my kids, what it's done for how I show up in the world and and how I move through the world. All of that impacts. So me doing more digger, digger, deeper diving and digging into stuff and and learning like <laughs> you would laugh, girl, like there's a quick little story of who I was in my previous life. I'll never forget when I was in retail management, I was in the company that I got fired from. I was opening a store for them as a manager. There's 75, 80 people. I was just, and I was like 32. I literally got up on an electrician's lift and I was like, you're all replaceable, right? Like, <laughs> wow. It was like, and I think about that. I'm all, oh my God. Did you giggle when you said it? No, I was so angry because I was just oh. so ridiculously driven to be the star, right? And the thing is, when, when you tap into, the, the real connections and what really matters and me learning. Cause there is a part of me that can still be that 32 year old, you know, 
you screw me once we're done, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so I can call on her when I need to, but for the most part, that's just not, I, I made a choice. Like, I don't want to be that person. Great. I can verbally defend myself. Nobody's going to, you know, I can be intimidating. All those things were such, I wore them like a badge of honor. And that's the beauty with women and getting older. If you make a conscious choice to shift those things, I love being able to keep my mouth shut. If I know that what's going to come out of my mouth is not going to serve anybody. And I, I, like I caught myself. It's funny because the the story I was talking about with the client with the dated website kind of thing. I was in this pissing match with the this the VA, their assistant over stuff. People who, well, you did the, not knowing technology. Anyways, I find myself going back and forth, and then it caught me in an email where I'm like, "They owe you three hundred dollars. You have to stop this dialogue. It's costing you so much more. Just end it. End it." And I did. I ended everything. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I didn't even send them an email. I don't owe them that. And that's also like we get to choose, right? Who we work with, who we talk to. I, it's Sunday, girl. We're recording. This is gold to me, <laughs> right? We're, yes. this is, this is happy time for both of us because we've made a conscious choice with what we want to do with our lives. And so all of those things, you know, that was such a light bulb moment for me when, when I was taught, and again, by my mentor, but like, you get to choose, right? I don't have to answer your email. I don't have to answer the phone. And all those sound, I'm not meaning the negative of the choice piece. But for me, who felt like I had to do everything, the people pleaser wanted to be the good kid, you know, all that stuff. And it was like, you can say no, and it doesn't have to be hurtful. You 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 can choose not to do that and say, you know, like talking to somebody, the, the one with inheriting a website. And I said, I, she's like, oh, I thought we could start with like five hours. I said, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I said, it's, that's just not what we do anymore. And I would happily refer you. If you're looking for somebody that you can trust to, to take care of five hours of work, I'd be more than happy to refer you for me at this point. That's just not how I do things anymore. And it was a lovely conversation. And, it, you know, saying, you know, if, if you want to go that route and you're not sure how to have that conversation, I'm happy to give you a couple more tips whatever, who knows, but, but to make those choices and they don't have to be this pissed off. Like I don't expect people to read my mind anymore. That's my responsibility, right? I'm not going to assume you should have known. Well, you should just know. It's like, no, and trust me, it's taken a long time for me to get there too. Holy yeah. rants today. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not right. I'm laughing because of the Kimism. Cause a minute ago you were like, just no, I can't remember when, but recently I was like, um, I think I might have mentioned that you said it in uh, the blog post, but I was like, yeah, no is a complete sentence, right? Yeah, what we're talking that about was, boundaries. That was my therapist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. No is a complete, I use that a lot. See, it's not just Allegra-isms. There are Kim-isms as well. Kim-isms are usually hard to follow, but it's all good. <laughs> oh, no, they're good. Okay. So I think as I um kind of close in my mind the whole, like, what is it about money? I think of it this way, and I can't remember who said this to me recently, but somebody sowed this seed in my life, that if... I've been providing great value for free for a year. And then I tell people, hey, I have this great tool here to help you in the next year and it costs seven bucks. And if I tell them about that tool and they've seen that I offer up good stuff for a year now and I tell them about a tool that costs seven bucks, it doesn't even matter. It could cost 700 bucks. But if I tell them, hey, I have this other great tool that costs X and then you don't want to be on my list anymore because you were mad because you thought I was going to try to make you buy something, then I'm okay with that because you were never going to buy anyway. And it's kind of like um, when I first started being like more allegrified on my site and I was like, oh, well, suppose I turn people off. I'm OK with that because I want to talk to the people who want to be there. 
I don't want hostages, right, in my universe. If you're in my universe, then you're in my universe because you know who I am and you like it and you want more of it. So I'm okay with that. I'm always, um, can't remember the phrase I usually use where I'm inviting people to opt out of my universe, right? Because I just want, I don't want you to spend a year with me and then figure out that we weren't a good match in any relationship, <laughs> right? And podcasting and blogging, et cetera, that is a relationship. So I don't want anybody to fake stuff in the beginning of the relationship and then get, you know, into it further and be like, oh man, I didn't know what I was working with. Well, right. And, and the reality is, we're not all going to resonate with every, like my audience is not going to, there are some people that are probably not going to be interested in how to set up a funnel with, with, with a tool. Right. And, and that's fine, but that doesn't mean that what I send you next week won't be of something you're interested in. So this idea that you have to like everything, it's okay to, to disagree. It doesn't mean you have to be a jerk about it, but it, it is okay. Right. To do that. And so it's got, like in our personal life, I mean, my family, I adore them, right? I love my kids, but I'm not going to agree with them on everything. And I don't want them to agree with me on everything. And I'm going to have to, I have to quote Erica Napolitano because I loved this, this quote that she had and it's love me, hate me, but don't be indifferent. Right. And so be willing to, to decide who you want to follow. It's that it's, is a whole other movie. That is good right there. She's whip smart. She's yeah. about um, an ex who reaches out periodically and um, she's like, well, does that make you mad? I was like, I'm completely indifferent. She's like, ooh, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me sad. It's irrelevant. She's like, wow, that's the worst thing. I was like, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> completely. And But at the end of the day, your responsibility is, is to you, yeah. right? Your responsibility is to how you show up. And, you know, I am really at a point that, you know, people who work for me or whatever, it's like, if we're a good friend, but it's not working, I love you, but it's time to call it. And, and I don't mean that meanly, but I, I get to matter in my own life, right? I get to put oh my me goodness. first. And so it, it's just, I matter more. And that again, it doesn't mean it has to be nasty or a big to do or drama. And trust me, it has taken me a lot. And of, it's not ego driven. No. No, and it's, but it's just, I've worked really hard to build what I've built. I matter. And I, and I don't mean it like no one's, I'm not going to let anybody get in the way of that, but I'm committed to what I'm creating. The Southern Bell in me, I don't see myself saying I matter more. I just, I mean, I'm just filtering it through the Allegra filter and I'm like, yeah, but I matter too, or mm -hmm. I matter also. I love that because I think also women tend to lose themselves in relationships Right. And forget that we matter and that we have a voice and that it makes a difference. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it's your voice that makes people that makes you you. So I'm all about the story. I'm all about facilitating the story because I think being lectured at or the perfect people kind of like spilling their pearls off the table to tell the rest of us how to be perfect doesn't work because we don't believe you're perfect anymore. Hello. In this day and age. Our perfect people fall off their pedestals all day, every day. So an authentic conversation where I'm telling a story that might help someone. Yeah, I'll do that every day. Well, and it makes you relatable, right? Last little, it, it makes people say, oh, okay, I can approach you or I can ask you a question or whatever. And it's, it's that old school marketing where I, I get so, it, it's, it's surreal to me almost that people still show up that way. 
meaning, oh, I just had lunch at the yacht club with with my, you know, high end mastermind. I did this and we did this and look at my children and I volunteering here. Everything is like a pottery barn catalog. And it's like, you have got to be kidding me. I don't care that you have all this money. Let me know that that you might be able to arrive at your problems in style. But if you don't have problems there's there's no connection. And I'm not saying I want people, you know, downtrodden and struggling and stuff. But, you know, we all have those days. It's kind of like the um, I'm trying to think what they call it. But there's that whole thing where um, you're finding a lot of people telling that story now. They wish they were living the lives that people on Facebook pretend to have. Right. So there's that when you're talking about that authenticity. I'm not mad at you if you were at a yacht club. I'm not mad at you. if you. I'm not mad. Whatever. But. If everything, if the picture you paint, I can't see myself in, then you're, all you're letting me know is that I'm not your audience. Because if I can't see myself or someone I love or care about in your story, I'm not mad at you for telling it, but I just know that that wasn't for me. Okay. And let's, let's flip that too really quick. Because the other thing that I see women doing and myself is celebrating the successes, right? That there's nothing wrong with publicly celebrating. If I'm willing to share with you storm that shows up once in a while, then I also need to be willing to share with you the the grace and the blessings and the rewards that show up from all these efforts, you know. And it's like <clears throat> one of the guys, one of my mentors in this mastermind just had his Tesla delivered. And I don't know what a Tesla is. For real? Yeah. Okay, so Tesla is a super, it's a clean car. Go, oh, okay. go look it up. But you, <laughs> it's, I was like, is that some kind of hot computer? No, uh, Nikola Tesla was around at the time, um, of, okay. um, Edison, but like he was an amazing inventor. Uh, Elon Musk built it. Long story, but Tesla. But did you see how confident I am? I don't even care. I was like, I don't know what a Tesla is. Boom, right? And that's all good. <laughs> Point is, I, I want to say the starting cost is 85000 for the car and you Okey have to dokey. order it. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I don't know what a Tesla is. Well, and do you see, so, I love and, but he is one of the kindest, most amazing, generous human beings that I know who is doing phenomenal things with his life is creating charitable foundations as well, structuring, leaving legacy. So there is no, sh- he was not afraid to, sh- he wants a jet that's on his, uh, he's created multiple six month, six figure a month streams of income. I mean, He's worked his tail off for it. That doesn't. And he's not take, apologizing for that. He's not apologizing for it. You know, you rarely see women, or or the when women share, look at my new high end car. People, there's like, oh, and but yet, congratulations, brother, is what happens with men. And it's just, I don't know what that looks like. I just want there to be a conversation to start around this. That it's okay to celebrate things. It's okay, you know, I. I, I do a point of that when I do masterminds and the, the last one I went to, I'm going at the end of February, but I went in October and we were up in a hot air balloon. And so I, I took a picture of, I did a little selfie and it was view from the office because that was my life that day. And I was there because of my business that I've worked really hard that I show up to every single day and see, that's just it. Like when you were talking about people who are still trying to figure out what they want to do and what do you want to be when you grow up and what does that look like? It's going to be an evolution, but I'll tell you what, if you do not show up every day and do the work, 
It's never going to happen. And so there are times when I get in that funky space and I'm like, Kim, just just go do the tasks. Just do the work. Right. And so that's not the day where I'm going to go write a, write a post, maybe. But I might do something technical or maybe I will just go do a newsletter or I'll go set up a funnel or I just, you know, I check in with client stuff, whatever that is. But I show up. I show up. And that that's the whole thing. And have you read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? No. Brilliant book. Each, I mean, literally, like, there's, I don't know how many chapters are in it, but they're like not even two pages. I'm his already adding that to the speaker notes, for, to the show notes for this. Well, I'm yeah, like, because his whole art. thing, he, he wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance. Oh, that I know. Yeah, and, but it took him 20 years of writing to get published. And at this point, like, he's been on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah, great interview. And, but he says every day, I show up at 10 o'clock and I write until three. I don't judge it, I don't edit it, I show up and I write. And so that's the point. I have connected with so many people, as I'm sure you have online, that they spend so much time reinventing their business and creating something, but they're not actually showing up in terms of building an audience. If you don't have an audience to market to, hello, you don't right? have a business. You don't have a business. And so it, that's, you know, I learned last year. Every business comes down to, and I learned this one of my mentors, and it's not that it's rocket science. Every single business offers leads and sales. What are you doing every day to drive the traffic? What are you doing every day to connect, to engage? And for me, it's like, how am I showing up today? How am I showing up today? And I made a conscious choice to, to show up more on social media and to show up more here or or to talk more about certain things. And it's a it's never perfect. It's a balancing act. But if you don't show up and do the work, you are never going to launch anything. And there is a magic to imperfect action over no action. Mm, that's good. Boom. Like imperfect action. Yeah, I was like, these are so many tweetables. It's just not even funny. Imperfect action over inaction. That's magical. Right. It's almost like you're reading off my little, well, I know you're not because you can't see me and I'm scribbling as we're talking. But, um, so I'm mindful of two things. A, you are so coming back. Um, <laughs> we have to talk more, but I, um, I am trying to be respectful of your time, even though it's Sunday we get to choose. But I was sitting here thinking, okay, so I'm trying to kind of um, put a bow on like all this fabulous deliciousness. And here's my question. And you can think about it for a moment because it's a it's a twister. So suppose I'm listening to this podcast and I want to live bigger and I want to show up more, but I don't know where to start. So that person catches you on Skype tomorrow. And they say, yep, I feel like there's something in me that needs to come out. I can't not tell this story, but I don't even know where to begin. What do you tell them? I, I don't have to even pause for this. So the first thing that I would tell that person is what what does your idea? And this was, I think, a Frank Kern exercise. But what does your ideal everyday day look like? And there is so much power in putting pen to paper or putting those intentions out there. What do you want your life to look like? What, and then you back into it, right? So it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you know, let's, let's say on the car analogy, you want to buy a new car. Well, that's the end result. So what do you do next? You start digging and you start looking and you start testing and you start going to dealers and all those kinds of things happen. So the same thing applies here. And it's funny because this is almost like, um, the, and I don't know if this is a female thing or cultural or what, but it's like blocking out. I work for myself, right? My time is mine. So one of the things that I'm committed to doing this year is taking a four hour block of time every week 
to invest in learning new stuff where I've bought courses or trainings and take the time to go through that and really work through it instead of just bits and pieces or getting excited when you, you know, and I don't mean shiny object, but it's like, what am I focusing on right now? So say it's lead generation, go take the time to do that. So the person who wants to get started is you, you have to back into it. What do you want your life to look like? And don't be afraid to own it. I want a big life. I am, I'm going to hit six figures a month this year. I know it. I think it's going to happen in the first five, six months probably, because I have taken the time to do the work. And I look at what do I want this to look at? Have I taken huge risks all the time? It's scary. I kind of live with this um, constant eek, like feeling in my gut. <laughs> I really do because I'm always willing because which tells me I'm stepping up, right? I, I'm stepping into something new. I know I'm on the right path, but you have to be willing to own what you want. And so for me, it is the, the travel, the connections, you know, those making an impact, making a difference and and the quality of my life. Like sometimes it hit me. I, I think it was probably like two weeks ago. I'm driving and I'm like, I have as many weeks of vacation as I want. Like, this is kind of cool. Like just thinking about that, like not having to ask for time off, not having to do. And so, you know, being able to define because a lot of people will tell you, I just want to be happier. I want freedom. What does that look like? Define it. You know what? I want to go to Costco and not concern myself if I want to drop 500 bucks at Costco. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever it is. But it's that if it means I don't want to worry about money, what does that look like? And so really taking the time to plan that out. And what does it look like? And so and here's the other thing. I think too many too many entrepreneurs or, or people who are maybe starting a business or going online, they paint the picture. And I did this for a long time of thinking, um, you know, well, you're going to work hard, you're going to work hard, and then you can stop doing the things you don't like doing. True. But you better be paying somebody to do those things, right? Right. It's not that the activity needs to stop. It's just that you don't, as an individual, have to continue to do it. And you have to be willing mm -hmm. to go through the, the the struggles of finding that right person. Guess what? Somebody needs to manage them. Somebody needs to give them directions. Somebody needs to do training. So just because you're pulling in people, you can't decide, well, now I don't have to do that anymore and life is perfect because... I, I think I got this allegorism from you too, obviously. It's new level, new devil, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm stepping into that. I've got I can't this. own that one. I probably said that to you, but you know where I got that? I used to hear that all the time when I was in Mary Kay. New level, new devil. And it's going, that's a reality, right? That's a book I'm going to write one day. All the cool stuff I learned from those little pink bottles. <laughs> <laughs> and you should. But so that person who, you know, the dreaming is important. It really, really is. The planning and the dreaming and all of that. But it, it, each time you scale up, you know, learning how to, there was a time in my life where I couldn't get out, oh, it's $500 a month. And now it's like, it's two grand, you know, and there is nothing in my, in my head that I would have thought. I remember like being, being, being afraid to charge $75 an hour. And now it's like, pfft. and, and I don't mean it dismissively, but I know the value. And if I can help somebody see the ROI on their investment and, you know, it's kind of like, look at, look at advertising. I wish to God somebody had introduced me to paid traffic years ago, because how many times will you spend a dollar to make two all day long? Right. And it's, and it's a process. So that person who is getting started, be willing to put down exactly what you want, define it, take the time to do that. And then you have to show up and do the work and know this, that it's kind of like, I think the best analogy is that of a pilot, right? They know the destination, but based on weather and all these other external factors, they have to tweak and adjust their route the entire time they're going. 
So your business is going to evolve. Things are going to change. You're going to think one second, I want to do this. And then sure, something else shows up the next day. That's part of my process. You know, not, it's not going to work for everybody, but as long as you keep taking action and it's just, you know, Lao Tzu, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Get clear on what you want, back into it, and then show up and do the work. That is the chocolate chips. <laughs> You're telling me you want to go get cookies. I'm so going to get cookies. That is the chocolate chips in my cookie. I cannot begin to thank you enough for investing, for pouring into me and pouring into my audience today. Um, And I wouldn't even pretend to try to pay you back because there is just no way. I just (laughs) thank you so much for being here. I hope that I haven't frightened you off and that you will come back. Um, If people want to find out more about you, where would you like them to find that? The WPChick.com. W is in word, P is in press, chick.com. Right? Yes. It will yeah. be in the show notes as well. And it is the WordPress chick. There is a WP chick out there. Um, but now I am the WordPress chick. And Facebook too. I, I'm all, I'm on Facebook pretty often. I mean, I'm everywhere socially, but I spend more time we'll there. We'll start at the WPChick.com. Excellent. Thank you Thank so you. much. You are very welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I just, I had a ball. I always love talking to you, but um, yeah, there's something here that we can take to the next level, I think. And I don't know what it is, but thank you. It was awesome. <laughs> now you've been given permission to be more powerful and influence more people. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to AllegraSinclair.com slash iTunes and leave a review. It will help Allegra get the message out to more women that they can punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell their stories. We'll see you next time on the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair.